Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 25 of, yeah, 25, wow, <laughs> time flies by when you can't do anything in public. Episode 25 of Jake's World, I'm your host, Jake Swinski, and before I get into today's show, Taylor Swift came out with a new album, Folklore. I don't care, I won't listen to it, so not discussing it. Didn't need to be said, but it's alright. A lot to talk about on today's show. A little bit of sports. A little bit of politics at the end of the show. I'll leave the worst part for last. But, um, not going to be as heavy. But, kind of something I want to talk about. Just because, you know, big into the Barcelona scene. I like their content. I like what they put out. And no, I'm not racist. Or sexist. Or any other derogatory term that you can associate with them and put on people who like that stuff. But let's get into it. First, I'm at work this morning. Get a notification on my phone. At the time of the notification, it said eight MLB players tested positive for COVID-19. And the Marlins had to cancel their game against, ah, shit, who are they playing? The Orioles. They were playing the Orioles, scheduled for tonight. They had to cancel. I believe the Marlins played the Phillies over the weekend. The Phillies canceled their game against the Yankees tonight. And now we are witnessing the beginning of the end of the MLB season. I believe the last number I saw for Marlins tests were 14, as well as a few coaches and whatnot. And... Of course, I went to college. I played baseball. My best friends are all teammates on the team I played on, right? And we have a big group chat with all of us, and then there's a couple of other, or two other, three other of our closest friends that did not play baseball in that chat with us, right? And it gets contentious sometimes, of course, you know, a lot of shit talking and a lot of you know, commenting on whatever's going on. We talk about it a lot. We're really active, and that's really cool. I mean, I feel like a lot of friend groups have that, but it's only between a few people, and I think there's 12 in our group chat, so it gets pretty hectic. got to have the notifications off. If you miss it on a particularly busy day, you could have 100 unread text messages at one time, right? So somebody drops it in the group, I mean, we do have a few newsbreakers in our group chat, which is sometimes a little annoying. Like, we all see it, but, I mean, sometimes it's good to bring it up, too, right? But, anyways, um, somebody brings... I don't remember who it was, and, of course, I'm not going to say who, if even if I did remember. Um, somebody mentioned the fact that the MLB season wasn't going to be a success because there was no bubble associated with it. That's probably true. I mean, let's look at this. I want to be optimistic about it just because I love baseball. I don't like watching it on TV as much. But just because it's a shortened season, can have the attention there a little bit, you know, that, that attention can be a little bit more focused. I was going to really get into it heavy this year just because, I mean, the NBA, I'm not huge into basketball, but, I mean, I can watch the playoffs 
here and there. I love hockey. That's not starting up for a week or so. But I was going to go all in on baseball, right? I watched the Cubs all three days, or two of the three days I got my cable fixed. So I was able to watch it Saturday, Sunday before I came up. Cubs took the weekend. Pitched well for the most part. Saturday they kind of stunk, but that's okay. They beat the Brewers. I hate the Brewers. Awesome. Then you get that news bomb this morning, right? And somebody, like I said, mentions, oh, it wouldn't have worked without a bubble. I want to break that down a little bit because baseball leadership, I mean, albeit the owners or the commissioner, Rob Manfred, has been taking a lot of flack for the way they implemented the new season. Now, looking at it, like, right away, you know, keeping it high level, yeah, it's going to seem really obvious. Why didn't they do a bubble like that, right? The NBA's doing it. They have no COVID cases. The NHL's doing it. They have no COVID cases. Why didn't baseball try to do the same thing? Just think about the logistics of everything going on with baseball, right? Let's. I'm going to break this down in a few different ways. Maybe if you are on the fence about how you think about it, I can sway your you're thinking I can persuade you otherwise maybe you can call me a fucking idiot because I don't know what I'm talking about either way I'm going to get into the details look at basketball how many guys are on a court at one time 10 how many guys are on the bench including the guys on the court 15 I think that's an active roster it's 15 people I mean Basketball is not a it is a contact sport. Excuse me. People who say it's not, I mean, don't really understand how it works. I mean, by the definition, it's not. You're not like running around hitting each other, but it's a physical game. You're in close contact with each other, and the NBA is doing everything it can to keep everyone safe inside the bubble. They're testing everyone every day. You can't leave. Things like that. You're isolated from your family. You can't go home. You're. It's like you're on a work vacation. Right, It's kind of the same thing with the NHL. They're in hub cities too, mind you. But there are a few things that you really, really need to look at that seem common sense after you think about it. Baseball has 30 guys on the active roster, which is expanded from the usual 25. I mean, in September every year they expand the active roster to, I think it's 40 that's why you see September call-ups. It might not be 40. I mean, they, they usually call up a few other, maybe a, five or a handful of guys, right? But they expand that roster late August, early September. That's why you get to see, you know, some of those minor league guys get a shot in September, and you can kind of rest some of your everyday starters after they, you know, played 90 games in a four-month stretch. Um, where's I going with that? Oh, yeah, extra guys. You have 30 guys, including coaches, on one team. And there's 30 teams participating. That's another aspect you need to look at. The NBA doesn't have every team participating. I don't believe the NHL has every team participating either. And if they do, I apologize, but they shouldn't be. I believe it was 24 and 24, and then the NBA was split up with, like, 13 and 9. 13 in the West, 9 in the East. You don't have everybody there. Now, that's not a big difference of personnel, 
I mean, I believe hockey has 20 on the active roster. So, I mean, hockey teams are pretty big. And that's a contact sport. You're typically in close spaces of one another. But, I mean, you've got 150 less people on the ice, including players and coaches and support staff, like your trainers and people to do whatever, you know, bench coaches, people who drive the fucking Zamboni, all that stuff, right? And it's the same thing with basketball. You don't have all the coaches. And, I mean, honestly, half the guys on the bench are hype guys anyways, and they don't even get meaningful minutes. So what difference does it make? Baseball's different. You have a lot of guys in the dugout, only nine people are playing at a time, and pitchers are in the bullpen. But every guy on a baseball team is utilized in some way, shape, or form. You have bat boys. You have umpires. You have, oh, I even forgot about officials. Things like that. You have so many more people associated with the game of baseball that confining, thir- confining 30 teams into one small area isn't going to work, right? Now, here's another thing you need to look at. They're playing a whole season. A 60-game season and then playoffs. Playoff baseball has the same format, which they they changed it this year, and I don't quite remember the format off the top of my head. I think they expanded it to eight teams each, like the two, like the AL and NL winner, and then like seven other teams after that. They totally revamped the way they did the playoff structure this year. But let's just, for argument's sake, go off the typical five-seven-seven format. You have two less games in each series, up to, and whereas basketball and hockey, you go 7-7-7 for your finals. But they're only playing, hockey is only playing a a modified playoff format. The NBA is only playing a modified playoff format. With hockey, you have the round-robin tournament at the top, and then a best-of-five, best-of-three, even, for... 5 through 13 to determine your seating. NBA is doing an eight-game conclusion to the regular season just because they were so close to being wrapped up. Hockey took a different approach. They were like, okay, we're just about done anyways. We can just go right into the cup playoffs. You have the and then you go into your playoff structure. And the MLB is starting from scratch. You know, 60 games plus all your playoff games is a lot to manage a lot to play those games are also three hours NBA and hockey games basketball games and hockey games are much shorter especially when you don't have you know you don't need to really take TV timeouts unless you want to do it for the money of course I mean you have TV contracts so you're going to take timeouts and stuff but I mean Think about it. You played sports growing up, right? You go to a baseball tournament, some city, you know, four or five hours away, whether you drive there, you fly there, whatever. You play four or five games in a weekend if you, you know, win half of them or three quarters of them. If you win the tournament, you might play six in three days, Friday night, Saturday, all day, Sunday, most of the day, then you go home. And you go back to whatever you do all summer. I've never played hockey 
but I mean that's a little messier just because you got to clean up the ice in between but with playoffs and you know being staggered and things like that you can find and finding ice is the biggest hurdle you can work around that especially when you stagger schedules once you get into the playoffs and it's the same thing with the NBA the NBA is at the biggest advantage because there are courts everywhere in the big city you have high schools you have colleges you have pro teams you have no, fuck, if you're really that desperate, YMCA's. But you can do this at a centralized location just because you can space these games out in a way that everyone can feasibly play. You have a little bit more room to work with because you can pace these things out. Baseball, you can't. Baseball stadiums are huge. The largest playing field. And that's the one thing one of my buddies brought up was like some of these spring training complexes have you know, a shit ton of fields there, which is true. And that's the only argument, the only knock against the argument I have, or against, that's probably the only flaw in my argument, is like instead of playing, you know, in your regular stadiums all over the country, why didn't you just try to relocate to the spring training complex? You do that anyways. Schedules aren't really staggered. You have Cactus League, Grapefruit Grapefruit League, whatever. Eight teams play in a day. You just play on a different field. And it was the same thing when we took our spring trip in college. It was like a a week-long tournament thing. It wasn't really... You didn't play like a tournament style. You just played your fall schedule. But there were, you know, 10 or 15 teams in the area at one time. Each complex had four or five stadiums each. And they were up to snuff for at least professional something like at least college players the one field you could do professional things on and i mean we played at the red sox training facility too humble brag but um it's like logistically you could have made that work i mean they have all these people come in and watch these spring training games anyways and you know all the players are being accommodated for already but at the end of the day, are you really containing anyone? If everyone's, all those people are in one area, if one person gets it, that's going to be hell because they're going to spread it to their teammates. In the, the dugout, it's not, you can't really social distance. The field of play, you can, but not everyone's playing the whole time. If That might sound a little strange, but just think about it. If you had... Just do the math. Say 30 players, 30 teams, and 100 total coaches. Coaches, I said that weird. You have 1,000 people contained in one area. Are you really isolating yourselves? I feel like logistically, yes, you're all in one area, and if you're super, super careful, you can contain it. But if one person slips up and catches it, especially Arizona and Florida being hotbeds for the second surge we've had, you could really derail everything you have going on. I mean, you could look at it like a lose-lose because it's happening anyways, but I feel like you can space everyone out as long as everyone's responsible anyways, but I guess that just wasn't the case. And then 
I had one more point. Fuck, what was it? Oh, yeah, I, I lost it. But anyways, you know what I mean? It's just playoffs being implemented right away in the other two leagues. Um, smaller teams, access of play. Could it have been avoided? Perhaps. Are we going to see baseball much longer? I give it two weeks. I think they're going to try to, you know, isolate those guys. I think the Marlins are, like, looking for other people to bring on the team just because if they lost 14 guys, you can't field an MLB team with 14 players, especially if one position got hit too hard. Like, say 14 of these guys, if six of them were outfielders, your depth chart's looking really bad, so... I mean, if they can replace those guys and, you know, effectively quarantine the ones that got sick, perhaps it'll be okay. I'm trying to be optimistic. I don't see it, though. I have a feeling it's going to spread. And the one, another thing, too, the travel element of it isn't good just because airports aren't necessarily always clean anyways. you're. It's a really shitty situation. But, I mean, I feel like it's hard to compare the MLB to the other two sports going, two major sports. I mean, soccer teams are doing fine as well. But comparing the MLB situation to the bubble situation isn't really fair. I mean, I think it could have been handled much better, a little more thought out, especially because you had four months to do it. But I don't know. I mean, let's just hope for the best, I guess. And... Uh, it's going to be really bad if I don't have baseball because I'm going to be missing it for sure (laughs) one more bubble topic before I move on to something a little more serious that I'd like to get into Lou Williams got himself in a little bit of hot water and the story is actually kind of ridiculous but Lou Williams lost his father right and Like I've said probably six times in the 15 minutes before, the NBA has a bubble and you can't leave unless cleared by security and NBA personnel, whatever. He leaves to attend a funeral, but the night before, he goes to a strip club in Atlanta called Magic City and gets dinner. Now, I find that a little hard to believe but in his defense a lot of people have defended the valor of the tastiness of these wings at Magic City Johnny Manziel said that they're like the best chicken wings on the planet hmm I mean you can't really knock him for that. I mean, like, some people are kind of taking jabs at him, calling him a bad teammate and, you know, like, not behaving responsibly. Which, I mean, maybe going out for dinner probably wasn't the best call. But, like, even if it was to a strip club, even if he was there for strippers under normal circumstances, so what? Like, his business is his own business, and he wants to handle that however he may. But, I mean, you are putting other players at risk when you're doing so. But that's why he's being quarantined for it. He's going to miss two of the seeding games as well. I think it said 10 days he's got to sit out. But um, it's just kind of weird how even in 
what should have been a grieving moment for him. Maybe he went there to take his mind off of things. Maybe he went there just to get the magical Magic City chicken wings. I don't know. He said he went there for the food, but even if he went there to enjoy the other, let's say, conveniences of a gentleman's club, that's his business. Like I said, I understand why he's getting some flack just because, you know, you're, hey, you're in a bubble. You're not supposed to be out and about. But I don't like when sports media takes jabs at him for, you know, oh, how could you do that when thinking about your father, like going for to your father's funeral. It's like, don't bring the morals into it. It has nothing to do with you. And I feel like we just, we live in a media age where, like, it's all about, you know, clickbait and big hot takes and next what's the next big scoop and things like that and like he got into it with Kendrick Perkins on Twitter like keep my name out of your mouth fool and all that you know all that NBA petty wars you know sick league shit right but it's I don't know I feel like even with like a weird scenario in which this whole thing unfolded it's like you can call him irresponsible and you know maybe he made a bad decision but like don't drag him into the mud for it don't drag his personality into the mud for it like the funeral was the next day he got dinner that's what he said believe it or not buy it or not I don't I mean I just thought it was an interesting story then I should I should feel obligated to bring that up so I did so now this last one might take a little bit and not sure where it's gonna go so hang on tight maybe maybe not let's see but to no surprise Dave Portnoy made headlines once again when Friday afternoon he arrived at the White House and interviewed our president Donald Trump and of course with everything going on today and the way the media manipulates everything on both sides not trying to cast aspersions onto one side or the other it's pretty it's not really debatable news is very easily manipulated and has been for quite some time now donald trump is the most polarizing figure in our history probably and people either love him or hate him Yes, that's true. And now, I mean, I watched the interview yesterday. I'll get into that in a little bit. But before I go into that, if you're criticizing a media company for going through with the biggest opportunity of their careers, you're a fucking imbecile. You're a a moron. If you think what Dave did was wrong. Anyone who does anything with media, whether it be a TV show, a radio show, a podcast, if you're trying to promote something on Twitter or Instagram or even Snapchat, eyes matter. Clicks matter. Ears matter. Downloads matter. The more people you get your product, your service, your brand, your whatever in front of, the better. The more people see it, the better. 
more people see it, the more people are going to interact with it. That is common sense. That is not politics. That was a fantastic business decision. No matter what side of the aisle you lean on, what side of morality you think you're on, whatever high horse or you think you're on, it doesn't matter. That was a business decision, 100%. And if I were in his shoes, I would do it 10 times out of 10, no matter what I thought about it, the guy. You can blame Trump all you want. I mean, that interview was definitely thought through and had it been anyone else who doesn't typically, you know, fit that niche audience that Barstool has being, you know, young 20s males primarily. Call our daddy's kind of changing that, but it's still by and large a college age to postgraduate market that consumes that material that content had it been anyone else Trump probably would have said no fuck off but he didn't so I just saw a lot of flack on Dave's part and it's like are you a moron like this a no-brainer of course he they could have talked about like playing golf at one of his course anything like you're going to do that because people are going to watch it people are going to listen to it like just, just stay in your lane, okay? You're not a politician, and you're not a fucking social justice warrior. Just quit bitching, and just don't listen to it or listen to it. Anyways, breaking down what happened, I mean, I watched it. It was like 20 minutes. Um, really wasn't that impressed with it. I mean, the banter was kind of nice, but I mean, the interview itself, would I call Dave Portnoy a fantastic journalist? No. Would I call any of those guys fantastic journalists? No. Are they journalists? No. That's what you... You got what you expected, right? I mean, he didn't really talk about anything super trivial, of course. He doesn't want to offend anybody. Probably unlike what I just did five minutes ago, but I don't care. If I offend you, don't listen. Um... Where was I going? Where was I going? Um, yeah, I mean, softball questions, right? Like, you know, here, hit this one into the mountains, right? They did talk about Twitter a little bit and how hard it is to navigate that scene, you know, that platform, because you can really get yourself in hot water, and you don't think of it immediately, because I think I've touched on this before, but when you're, you know, using social media, mostly Twitter, because Twitter's more the text you send publicly, right? Or to your followers, I should say, if you have a private account. You don't think about what you say until somebody else tells you, hey, did that really sound smart? Or, you know, you shouldn't have said that. Maybe you should undo that. And that was something good they talked about. Because uh, they talked about because Donald Trump is not a fantastic tweeter. Now I'm going to take the middle ground here. No, I don't think he tweets the most sensible things, or he's not the most inclusive when he tweets. But um, Eugene Jew or whatever your name is, you disgraceful doctor, he's not reading your comments. 
You don't need to, you're not going to ratio him out of the office. Get out of your echo chamber, get a job, or do something productive with your life. Please, thank you. Um, yeah, it's hard to appease people because it seems like no matter what you say, you're going to offend somebody. You're going to make somebody upset. Somebody's going to, you know, throw a little jab at you. Not like Trump has, what, 50 million Twitter followers? Probably even more. He doesn't care. But for normal people, yeah, people care what you think. And, you know, 99 people could say great things about you, but one person could say a bad thing about you, and that's the one you remember. And that, that's kind of shitty. And, I mean, the significance of the interview wasn't really that noteworthy. The banter was kind of nice. I mean, Trump seemed a little more personable, I guess. He wasn't ranting and raving about China or the coronavirus or the Democrats or MSNDC or whatever he says, right? He just seemed like a normal person a little bit. And I thought that was a little interesting to see. I mean, he's been in the public eye a long time. A lot of it's been, you know, an egotistical view of him. You know, he's doing his business. He's They did hate on Goodell, and Trump doesn't like Roger Goodell either because, I mean, the family wouldn't let him own a team. He wanted to own a team in the 1980s. Then he tried to start the, ah, shit, they did a 30 for 30 on it. The XF, the something, um, something, something, FL. They did a spring league. That's where like Steve Young started. There are a couple of big names that came out of that spring Sunday football league that they tried to compete with the NFL on. It didn't quite work. XSFL, something like that. I don't remember. But um, he just seemed a little more likable. They made fun of Goodell a little bit. And like uh, Mike Portnoy is Dave's dad. Like if you listen to part of my take, it's Mr. Portnoy. He's hilarious. He's just an older guy. And Big Cat PFT makes so much fun of him. They do all those bits with him, the Uba song. They make fun of his accent. He's a Boston guy. It's so funny. But he hates Donald Trump, and he, they FaceTimed him at the end. I don't know. It Like like I said, it wasn't really significant. It wasn't, you know, fantastic journalism, of course. I mean, I didn't expect it to be, but it was just nice. It was nice to see President Trump shown in a light that just wasn't, negative and I know that sounds bad because most people my age don't really like him and you know what that's okay you don't have to but get out of your echo chamber see something from a different point of view I always encourage that and try not to be so negative about everything going on because he likes to point the finger, but so do we. So do we. I mean, our government is crafted in a way that no one branch has all the power. There's 538. Mm -hmm. That number changes a little bit. There's 500, yeah, with three in D.C., 535, 530, yeah, I don't quite remember the number. There's 500-something elected officials 
that you choose every two years or every six years if you're a senator to represent you. They're all just as guilty as anyone else involved. Just remember that. It concludes today's show. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at jakeswinski 8 J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. No, I was supposed to do the movie tonight. I'll do that one later in the week. That way I actually get an episode out later this week. Saving Private Ryan again, if you did not watch it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it before, so it really doesn't matter, but... I'll do that one later. The last couple have run a little bit longer. I wanted to keep this one a little bit shorter, so I'll push that to later in the week. And I will talk to you guys next time. Look on Peace. the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Ain't always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the right side of life. For life is quite absurd. Yes, the final word, you must always face the curtain with a bow.